guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not a happy place. That's a real happy place. Remember being a kid? Your, your voice sounds like if a ball pit had a voice. Yeah, jump in me. <laughs> Get up in me. But don't put any diapers in me because that's gross. <laughs> it's the Bitch Seat Podcast. I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm a ball pit. <laughs> I'm and Phil. I'm sorry. No, so. don't apologize. I miss ball pits, dude. I just so. I, I, oh, they were the best. Yeah, they were my favorite thing. Like uh, up until 13. They were my favorite thing. Well, there comes a point. You got to give it well, up. Well, what I was, a, I was a tiny child, so they were also slightly scary to me because I could get buried. Yeah. I, and I did a couple of times. I've gotten, I got stomped on in there because I've always wanted, <laughs> like, I would bury myself and then, like, kids would just jump okay, in on. that's, you did that to yourself. I did that to myself, yeah. Um, did you ever see. Because I could breathe under in balls. The, in the bounce castle? Well, the ball, I mean, there was oxygen between there. It was fine. It yeah, was just, yeah, I was afraid yeah, that someone like, would sit on me and I would like be forgotten about forever or something <laughs> that I would just like fall underneath and, and be hidden. There's something there. It's like right? drowning in opaque water. Yeah. Opaque. Like no one's going to be able to find but you me. could see the water molecules and you can move between them because they're large. Exactly. Visible. Um, but the bounce castles, I love them so much, but I had equal parts love and dread because I was, again, so tiny, you know, I was like 85 pounds and 410 or whatever, or, and I was always, I would get flung, Do you know, like when you're on the trampoline and you're next to somebody who jumps. And so the part that you're standing on, it's like, uh, it's physics is what I'm saying. Um, I was a heavy kid. So I I know. So you would have, I threw a lot of kids, but not by doing it. I was scared to, to get like thrown and and not be able to control where I landed. Do you ever see the YouTube video of like a storm like lifting up a bounce castle? No. Like Are those videos around? I'm sure it's, it exists somewhere. I think everybody was fine, but still terrifying. Um, yeah, I used to inflate them. That was one of my old jobs. Really? Was that when you were also playing Batman at kids parties? Yeah, it was the same company. So like we would we would set up and We'd have to like roll these giant, like rolled up rubber burritos, like 700 pound beasts onto like a yard, set up the tarps, like make sure it's pegged into the ground and then inflate it. But we'd have to like unroll it and set the perimeter. But then if it was a water ride, it would gain an extra 400 pounds of water weight. So then it would, and it would also be slippery. So then we'd have to deflate it, step on it and then roll it back up. And then put it back on the truck. It sounds like a giant um, sleeping bag, the way we had to roll it at Girl Scout camp. Very particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 700 pounds. Yeah. And covered in dirt. Yeah. And children's tears, sweat, and Yes. A lot of, I don't want to upset anyone, but it was like. But. <laughs> but a lot of like emotionally unstable kids chill, like, in would, would, hide in those things and refuse to come out. And then the parent would have to get in there, but she'd have to like get in there through a bunch of other kids who wouldn't come out because their mom's not coming for them. So it was just like you, you, you'd see and understand. So you like, mean there would be a problem child. Yeah. And rather than evacuate the whole thing, they would make the parent like plow no, through like, the non-problem we wouldn't make children. The parent. the parent would just take it upon themselves. What am I going to do? Well, yeah, I'm sure I was that problem child. Like I'm sure that I was like curled up in a corner, terrified and crying more yeah. than once. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, I no, was a fine. problem child. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But here's the thing about Problem Child 2. It's the worst the movie. movie. Yeah. The kid's a demon, obviously. That's the whole thing. But the cherry bomb in the toilet gave me nightmares like for months after that. The the pile of shit from the dog yes. was really just oh. the steaming. Like 
That's oh. cartoonishly, and it's ugly. That's disgusting. It's just that's, not my style. That's a bad joke. Like, the pinch didn't match the out. Yeah, at they, least went, make they it, went blue. At least make it the size of the dog. Shock not value. Not bigger than the dog, you know? Make it, like, a surprising amount. Ima- I don't They're know, like, oh, let's make a poop joke. Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Poor okay. John Ritter. I know. I know. R.I.P. He deserved better than his entire... That's a... Ah, Freeze Company was great. Mom and Dad saved the world. Yeah. Great. No, that's not, no, that's not him. That's not him. That's Jeffrey Jones. He doesn't deserve anything. No, no, we're not talking about that. No. Producer Kent shaking his head. We're not talking about Jeffrey Jones. What's but... your... Let's talk about you. <laughs> okay, next up. Um, no. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to read from Satin 2. Starring Christy Swanson. Starring Christy Swanson. Do you know that I, I don't know who Christy Swanson is? So She was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original. Oh, and oh, she was oh, in oh, Mannequin oh, yes. 2, the sequel to Mannequin right, right. 1. <laughs> right. Pardon me. Satin 2, starring Christy Swanson. This is from Wednesday, February 21st, 1996. So, 7th grade? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right around the end. Satin 2. There. Sorry to say this, but entries are becoming quite a hassle to write. The only reason I do write is for the record, for anyone who might pick it up and read it someday. It's not as if I forget the important things that happened to me. Duh! Oh my god, I'm so rude to my diary. Also, I'm already planning for people to read this years in advance. It's a sequel, and you already disrespect it. I did. Well, sequels deserve our disrespect sometimes. But, but... uh, Here's the deal with Mike. Empire. By the way, Mike... Okay. So I was like a kind of a... So Mike... I think his last name was Borsi's. He was a kid who was like two years younger than me. And I was kind of a TA at the Hebrew school, but like it's weird because the TAs were basically the same age as the kids, but it's like two grades ahead. It's like suddenly, you know, and he was a kid in one of my classes and I had a crush on him based purely on physical properties because that's all I ever did. And, um, but I was also his TA. So that's really fucked up. So it was a short lasted thing. Yeah. Here's the deal with Mike. Last Saturday, Jill said Mike still didn't know who I was by name. Then, on Sunday, at Hebrew school, we had to sit with the third graders in Tefillah to help them. Tefillah is like a, is like a little prayer and song thing for the Hebrew schoolers. Everybody gets together in the sanctuary and it's very religious, blah blah But also nobody cares because it's reform, so it wasn't serious. Jill sat in the row behind me and Mike in the row behind her. Jill pointed me out. Her? Mike was surprised. I was embarrassed. And when I read that, by the way, it reminded me of Arrested Development. (laughs) Anne. (laughs) Her? Yes. Then, at music, I sat next to the middle aisle on the side of the sanctuary, and Mike sat on the aisle on the other side. He leaned over and made eye contact with me. Do you like me or something? I nodded. This This is while we're supposedly praying. I nodded. What the hell? I thought he might as well know. Then Mike turned and talked to Jill for a moment. She mouthed to me, he likes you. I was very happy. There was always a middleman or woman. Always. Always. On Thursday, Jill brought in a picture of him for me. She told me he wanted to go out with me. I can't wait till I see him next Wednesday. And then that just ends. And then I say, Simon and I are, I guess, best off as friends. I haven't heard from him in a while. I realized, why try to fool myself? I still long for Cashin. Oh my God, (laughs) this fucking... I'm sorry, but uh, this guy, I want to meet this someday guy. Someday he's going to hear this podcast and he's going to be so fucking embarrassed. He's in like every episode <laughs> of this fucking podcast. You wouldn't believe the thinking things I'm having about him. <laughs> I would call them thinking things, but it was fantasies. That's what I called <laughs> fantasies. I'm sorry. He's still as cute as ever. Well, I'm on February vacation now. Today I saw Moon Over Buffalo on Broadway. I guess it was kind of funny. I sat in the third to last row of the whole theater. I was surrounded by elderly people, and I didn't understand half the jokes. Yesterday, I went to the Museum of Natural History in Manhattan. Monday, I saw Black Sheep with Abby and Sarah. It was a riot. Sunday, I went to Lincoln Center with Mom to see the ballet, and Saturday, dance was canceled because of the snow, so Mom took Allison and me to Beadworks. Speaking of, Mom might own a Beadworks. She's thinking about owning one in Guilford or Branford. What? I could go there every weekend or even after school with my friends. We could get discounts. Spend entire days making jewelry. This is amazing because your family, as well as my family, 
has fantasized about owning franchises that they could make a ton of money off of. No, but the difference is my mother wanted to do it as a hobby because she enjoys jewelry and she wasn't trying to make a ton of money off of it. Oh, okay. Never mind. It wasn't about that at all. Oh, Sorry. It's because like jewelry and going to the ballet were the only things that my mother and I could do together that didn't end. beautiful at the ballet. No, pretty much. I'm still pissed. She used to have a subscription to the New York City Ballet, Row F Center. She let it lapse, like she got. She let. Just, she had yeah. it for like 30 years, and Ugh. then she just stopped subscribing. That sucks. I know. I would actually. I've never gone to the ballet. I'd like to. It's incredible. It's it's very incredible, especially at Lincoln Center. But anyway, no, making jewelry was the one thing that Mom and I could do together that didn't end in us screaming at each other. Oh, um, okay. She never owned a beadworks. Uh, suffice it to say. So. Um, I don't remember what happened with Mike Borsi's, but none of none of these crushes that I ever had ever so, resulted in actually going out. This was an interesting story because uh, it 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 le- it was a lot of loose ends that never were followed up on. It was like an episode of the show that was written by some dude who they fired. Yeah, and he had all these ideas about where he wanted the show to go, but he couldn't focus. Couldn't focus, and then the studio was like, eh, "See, and I think that this, the budget. this uh, kind of was under." Lately, I've been thinking. That I might be. You might want to own a bead store. No. But I do still make jewelry, so it did start somewhere. And beautiful jewelry at that. Oh, well, thank you. Um, everybody check out No Soap Radio on Etsy while we're there. Anyway, um, I forgot where I was going. I, okay, a uh, guy was fired because uh, uh, the studio didn't like any of his plot threads he was picking up. No, that was your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it reads like an episode of The Sopranos where like there's no oh, yeah. follow-up. Oh, yeah. So, appropriately, I think that I might be undiagnosed with ADD or ADHD. And I feel like you've said that a few times and then gotten distracted. Precisely. So, my whole life, I'm like identifying as a depressive, someone with anxiety, someone with panic attacks from time to time. But I never looked into ADD because I was like, no, kids with ADD are the ones who don't do well in school. But I got straight A's. Me so, neither. So, but me too. it turns out, I learned recently that if you are, if you can't help but being, be late all the time and if you make plans and can't follow through with them or if you move from one thing to the next without finishing anything, uh, it's not because you're a failure at life. It's because you might have ADD. So... Uh, take note, listeners. I think that everybody has ADD these days because of fucking technology, but we're not going to go down that road again. No, that's all right. Uh, I think so, too. I think it's evolution. I think we're going to be able to think a lot faster. Uh, yeah, but at what, what cost? cost? Yeah, at the cost of the people <laughs> that are What is the true cost of progress? Cost. Yeah, exactly. But it's because the world isn't made for people that think slower anymore. It's not, it's like, it's not. It doesn't value. Where it's going. It doesn't value being present. No, it doesn't. Right. We so we do. should all just slit our wrists. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's just that's what that's what it, that's how it is now. We are aware of it because we're in the eye of the storm. We live in a city where you see things happen really fast, and then if you step out for a second, you see things happen with a stillness. You see that. You see but, the lag. Yeah, you and see the lag. And it's infuriating. But outside of the city, they only see. You only see like. Uh, I guess sort of the middle where we can see all the different speeds because, you know, we're here and you can hear the air in the recording studio. But when you go down into the subway, you're going to just, you're in a fucking hurry. Like, Oh, I value a podcast for the opportunity to have a converse, an uninterrupted conversation with people. But I think it's affecting you a lot because you see all the different speeds and what you want is something in between that. But unfortunately, the, like, what are you looking at? You're losing me. I'm saying you are noticing these things because we live in a city where you, we can notice these things. And we. Right. The problem is if there is more shit to notice, I will notice it. So maybe I should go to a place where there's less stuff to notice. I'm saying maybe you have ADD. That was both of us. Maybe I do too. This is great. Great therapy session. Let's uh, let's uh, bring on our guest, shall we? Yes, I'm very so, excited about this. So, um, our guest, uh, our guest Darcy Burke has been on our show before. She was on the live show when we were still doing it at the Pit Underground, where she shared a comic book that she drew herself about a blood platelet. 
Uh, it was very charming. And she uh, has returned with many more artifacts that she will be reading for us. Uh, Darcy is a performer, a comedian, a writer. She has a show coming up in um, the People's Improv Theater's upcoming SoloCom yes. in November uh, that sounds amazing and involves bread. So I'm going to let her talk about that in a bit. Absolutely. Uh, but for now... Welcome, Darcy Burke. See she's, now, yeah, she, she's. You, I, you go. <laughs> we're in the gym. We're in the school gym. We're on the bleachers. Everybody's wearing hoodies. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the assembly hasn't started yet, but there's that like whispering going on, and like you can spot Darcy in the crowd. She's got this giant smile on, and she's uh, she's wearing uh, purple headphones and just chilling. Awesome. Hi, Darcy. Hello. <laughs> Have you ever been to that pep rally? Uh, I I ditched every pep rally. <laughs> I yes. never attended a pep rally. <laughs> no, I, I did once, once on a dare. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it was that painful for you? No, I had, um, it was in high school and I had worked that summer. It was like my first job. I was working in a movie theater and uh, at that job also had worked a couple other guys who went to my high school and we were not in the same socials. They were like jocks, like football players. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the summer, we had this like very like teenage movie moment where we made a bet. We're like, God, we're never going to see each other again. That sucks. We've connected. Um, and I, I like, it wasn't so much a bet as an exchange. I told them <laughs> if they auditioned for the school musical, then I would attend a pep rally and a football game. Wow. Yeah. And so they did. They did. They did not get in. Um, and I went to the pep rally and football game. Oh, this is a beautiful, like, breakfast club-esque story, I think. You did know, you ever like, see them again? No. Oh. Wait, no? I mean, not after high school, no. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we saw each other, like, in the hall and would, like, share, like, a knowing nod or something. Were you, like, always one of the guys? Um, yes. I, yes, I guess I'd have, yeah, I was, but I have trouble with that because okay. I don't, I feel like so often when women are like, oh, I'm one of the guys, I only have guy friends, it comes off as like a woman-hating thing, but that's not the case. I just, I have two older brothers and I've just always been in like heavily male-dominated spaces. Oh, you're speaking, you're preaching to the choir yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I feel that. And I, it was hard for me to really identify with super feminine girls. Mm-hmm. Me too. Well, you were identifying with them in a different way. True. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I feel that. And I felt like there was a lot more simplicity in interactions with guys. And there was a lot more complicated, dramatic, catty bullshit involved with having girlfriends, which I did. Like I had, I had a lot of girlfriends, but I feel like they were kind of like me and that they were not the most stereotypical gender norm girlfriends. No, I think that's true. I also, I don't know, man, all the guys I knew were all fucking bitchy as hell. Oh really? Yeah, no, I mean the whole idea that like guys are somehow like don't gossip or don't backstab. You guys are the worst. I hear your shit. Like you guys are awful. You are just as bad as girls, if not worse. Yeah. But I feel like you just get it out in the open. Like in a a recent podcast that we recorded, Phil was saying that he had a problem with a kid who was a friend of his and he punched him. And women don't do that. Like women have this insidious, quiet. That was fourth grade and. He yes. said a lot of shit behind my back, and I know I, I, I didn't really say anything behind his, but when it, when it came to a head, that's, that's what happened. But after that, I never really did anything like that after. Like, maybe in seventh grade, we would insult each other, but it was, eventually, it, just, it hurt too much, so that's when, that's where it becomes catty, inadvertently, because you're trying to, you don't want to do it to the person's face, because it's formative years where you're going to get insulted and you're going to feel hurt and it's just going to further damage your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like, yeah, don't tell him this, but I think he smells or I, I think this person's bossy or this. And then like eventually that grows into a, another beast and then another and then more drama. And then that's, that's where we're at in high school. I think there's very little of the confronting them yourself because by that point you're already fucking damaged goods. Well, do you, but with on the gender on the gender norms gender roles topic like do you think that growing up with brothers 
um, affected the way that you reacted to certain emotional things? I think so. Um, we definitely, I mean, like, if they would make me mad, I would hit them. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. I had So that. you would express it right yeah, away. Yeah, so I had that kind of expression. But also, I mean, a large part of it had to do with the way my mother raised us mm-hmm. because she's, like, a hardcore feminist. You know what I mean? Like, very outspoken. Like, she expresses emotions. Yes. You know? Um, so I think I think it was a, it's a combination of the two things, like, being surrounded by a lot of dudes and interacting in that way, but also than having, like, this strong female role model. Taking no shit. And yeah. how did that, yeah. that affect the, your, your brothers growing up? And uh, in one way, were they... Oh, they're the biggest, they're the biggest feminists I know. Amazing. Honestly, awesome. it's, it's really funny. Um, my brother's girlfriend, who's been with for quite some time, they live together, she, she made a comment about how it actually kind of sucks to date Berkman because she can't, <laughs> Like, you know, like, she's like, they'll open a door for you, but it's not, like, anything special. Like, <laughs> um, it's like, here, other human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Let's split everything. Exactly. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. It's like communism. It's a failed system. Doesn't work. Anyway. Equality. <laughs> I'm kid. Don't look at me like, you know, that's a bit. I'm not, I'm serious. I still wish that Bernie. Anyway. Uh, let it go. No, I we will never let it, let it go. go. <laughs> I want to live in my house. Uh, where does he live? That's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. But it's a shame that he didn't get in. I think Otherwise, he lives in Brooklyn. I, I live in Brooklyn. I just want to live in Brooklyn. Leave me alone. I'm tired. It's good. He can't yeah, live you. in Brooklyn. He's still representing oh, Vermont. Oh, yes, okay. he, he, probably, he divides his time probably between Vermont. Wait, there's and a heroin Vermont. epidemic yeah. there, and I don't want to be involved with it. Anyway, uh, yeah. Sorry. It's, That's cool. I'm glad that Bernie visited us today. Um, I'm going. Well, he's got some free time. Bye. I'm sorry. I know. Sorry. I know. I know. We're not. We're not. It's not a political podcast, and I'm happy it's not a political podcast. I'm fine. Podcast. It's it's fine. It's fine. In the beginning, we got a little caught up. In the beginning with with, with the burn, but eventually now we we know we whatever. Well, Guys, we're talking about feminism here, right? So I think so, it's all it's all apropos. it's all fine. It's e- equality as well, right? So that's a great segue. That's a great segue to... What, what is with the bell? I keep thinking, um, like, my order's up. <laughs> yeah, yes. No, your time is up. And then oh, the piano descends from the ceiling onto your head. Cherish what brought you here or whatever. I gotcha. Um, no, uh, Kent provided it, and sometimes we use it. Uh, We've been using it a lot today. A little bit too much, but it's usually just like a, a, a once-an-episode kind of edit button. But also, it's just fun to have toys. Also, there's there we do have Silly Putty here in the studio. If you would like to play with it, you are more than welcome to. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so you brought a ton of great stuff for us to look at today, and um, which you will be reading. And I want to begin with this one that you introduced first, if you'd like to tell give the reader some context. Okay, sure. Um, so this is a short story, which um, I don't remember what the assignment was. I grew up in, in Colorado, um, mm-hmm. in Durango, Colorado, and we were very, very close to um, Indian Reservation, the Southern Ute uh, Reservation. Oh, beautiful. Um, and we, so like our part of our education was we would like study the Native Americans and tribes and stuff. Um, and I'm assuming this assignment was probably like write your own like folklore mythology kind mm-hmm. of thing, um, which I wrote one entitled How Tiger Lilies Came Here. Um, oh and this was at Florida Mesa Middle School. Uh, no, not middle school, grade school. Um, and it was March 11th, 1993 is the date on the cover on this. So I guess that would have been um, third grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I do want to point out for the listeners who can't see it, the typeface. Like this is clearly created on like an Apple IIGS oh, or some one yeah. of those old word processors. Yeah, it's it's totally me. And like all the, the title and then my name and like the information of the school are in like the two different fonts. And I like went really big and like underlined the title. Underlined, bold, and capital. That's some special effects. Yeah. Right yeah. There. yeah. Um, and yeah, and it has a little border on it, which had to have been one of those ones where you like, oh, you, you can your choose choice. your yeah. border. Yeah. You yes. choose your border on it. Um, yeah. So it's how tiger lilies came here. Beautiful. Um, and here it goes. Okay. So, One time, no white men were in the USA. Correct. Then the Anasazi lived. 
which for context, the Anasazi yes. are the, um, the ancient people, um, which they've recently decided that calling them Anasazi is racist. So now in the region, they call them uh, the ancient ones, I think, because Anasazi means great enemy. And they were like, Oh, no, no, At no, some no, point. No. And that's, no, what, that's yeah. what a different tribe called them. The Pueblos, which are still around today, mm-hmm. called them Anasazi. And so now they've decided, even though that's kind of weird because none, the Anasazi are dead. Like, they're gone. Like, there's no they're extinct. They're, yeah. they're extinct. They are the ancient ones now. They're, they're the ancient ones. Anyway, um, it's, and you can see, you guys can see it, but nobody, of course. Well, we'll put a picture up on the, on the Facebook um, page. Okay, great. So the first uh, drawing is uh, clearly my impression of Mesa Verde, which is the, the, um, clave, cave dwelling ruin nearby. And uh, so they have all their little houses. We've got like a little guy with a bow and arrow. Nice. We have a woman who appears to be juggling. <laughs> um, yeah. Pretty and, good detail on the juggler. Yeah. I mean, she might not be juggling. That might just be the photocopy. Fair. Or she might, I mean, you know, who knows? Wait, so, can I see that real yeah, quick? Yeah, sure. Because... It kind of looks like, like the shape of it, it looks like um, a uh, an airstream, sort of? Sure. It's meant to be a cave. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. Because they would they were cave dwellings, so they would build in the yeah, side like of the- Yeah, a city inside yeah, of in it. In the side of the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was obsessed um, with, ca- with cave cities. Were you? Yeah. In like second grade. Do you know, I was listening, sorry. No, it's fine. A little off topic, but I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I think it was Duncan Trussell's podcast, which- Everybody, go listen to the Duncan Trussell Family but Hour. listen to ours first. <laughs> well, they'd have to to hear the recommendations. Okay. So. Hey, that's good. Sound. <laughs> so, I think they were, they were talking about the potential of life existing on other planets mm-hmm. and how um, it might be, like, maybe the more we evolve, um, as species evolve, do they find a way to make their life inside the planet because living on the surface of the planet is actually the most dangerous. Like you could be wiped out by any number of things because you're just exposed. And he's wondering maybe the reason why we haven't been, why we can't see life on other planets is because they're not on the surface of the planets the way we are, that they've buried, burrowed deep inside. So you could have an eye on the past and the future here. I mean, I think it just makes sense to live in caves. I mean, we'd obviously have to adapt to not need vitamin D. Yeah. Right. True. Which And sunlight. I mean, I work nights. I basically, that's You're already life. on yeah. the way. Yeah. I'm like two steps away from you being know. one of those angler fish. <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, what? No, what, what, what? No, it's stupid. I was going to say, when I play Minecraft, you know, the safest for me is to just build inside of a cave and then just put up lights so that. Right. So your digital self will survive. Yeah, absolutely. But what about your flesh and blood self? I'm playing the game and I'm fine. What? What? My my coffee cup popped at the perfect moment. Yes, it was great. I hope I hope it showed up in the recording. Anyway, let's talk about what you're doing here. Right. Sure. Okay. So to recap, <laughs> at one time, no white men lived in the U- right. USA. Right. True. Uh, then and the it was Anas- better then. And then then the Anasazi lived. A lot of trees. Yes. Um, so f- the next page says, uh, "Well, in a forest not so far from the Anasazi village, lived a tribe of tigers." Mean tigers that terrorized the Anasazi. This is the first factual error. (laughs) There were there tigers. There's no there's no tigers in the American Southwest. Um, There's like the vague possibility I might have meant mountain lions, but then you look at the illustration and And they are clearly clearly, tigers. They are clearly strong stripes, poorly drawn tigers. But I know, yeah. But they're smiling. Great. Despite the fact that they're mean. Um, I want to point out this detail, though. You'll yes. notice that I included a body of water, and there's a fish in it. Uh, I'm glad that you know that that's a fish. I mean, it'd have to be. It could right? be a rock. Oh, I, I don't I feel, no, like but, I feel strongly it's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little ribbon at like, the look end. At it. Look at yes. it. Yeah. I mean, you drew fish back then. You, you were the feel, artist, so yeah, I, I... Yeah, I feel strongly. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on. <laughs> One child was a shamana, which is clearly me trying to spell shaman, a magic yep. worker. Awesome. Uh, she went out and found the tribe of tigers at the stream in the forest. See, that fish, that was foreshadowing, actually, the now stream. that I'm realizing. Yep. 
You had a grasp on foreshadowing and story elements. Yeah, sure. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Um, oh, so she went out, found the tribe of tigers at the stream in the forest. And uh, the illustration here, she has a little bit of like a Priscilla Presley, like bouffant hair oh, yeah. thing happening. Um, and she's carrying. This is, this is where I start blending in like druid culture. If you look at her, uh, her magic stick, like that's not, oh, yeah. you know, that's, and uh, her robe. Oh, well. a, diff- a different, a, sh- a different, a shaman from a different kind of culture. Yeah, but still Anasazi. Just yeah. in my mind, they're all the same. As a, in third all grade, enemies are the yeah, same. give yourself a break. Yeah. Okay, so she said, "Uga Buga Ta." Oh, did she? Yep, yep. Um, and uh, is that a thing, or did no, you make it up? That's that's what apparently I thought Anasazi magic oh. sounded like. All right. Um, a blinding light flew from her fingers, and where the tigers had sat, some tiger lilies grew. The end. Oh, bravo. Wow. And the end picture is beautiful, because she's like presiding over these tiger lilies mm-hmm. in this cave. And this is a good detail. adds depth. That's like, uh, look at this. Check it out. we got to get some pictures of this. Yep. This is a... Uh, we will. Oh, it is beautiful. So, I, I mean, the implications are that there used to be many more tigers in the area. I guess, and that yeah. now they're just all flowers instead. Yeah, but I, I mean, I would have to do some research, but I'm not entirely certain that tiger lilies are indigenous to the American Southwest <laughs> either. So there's possible that there's a sequel. Oh, that's, I mean, I thought that was beautiful. And listen, I grew up in a similarly, uh, a place of Native American uh, background. Um, the Pequot Indians were, I think, the biggest group in Connecticut. And, you know, we have like, course the casinos now mohegan sun foxwoods etc and it was we always had a native american day every in, el, in el, elementary school what just happened there i just had uh, a, i just had a elementary school i just shorted out it's fine um and i think i've mentioned this before but like we all had to choose a name that was like adjective and then natural phenomenon whether it was like animal plant bird, right. whatever so i chose for myself blazing sunset Nice. Uh, nice. But I did not know the implications of that at all. Until and, today. And, and it just, uh, I know that their intentions were good, but we were taught that the pilgrims and the Native Americans were really friendly with each other. Oh, yeah. Me, us too. And it's such a fucking lie. It absolutely is. I mean, like the Thanksgiving, I think. Thanks- oh, yeah, exactly. They Especially in colonial Guilford, are you kidding we me? Were, of course, we had to yeah. tell the story that the white people were good and friendly. Were you taught like they they, they came over, they were hungry, and then these Indians happened to have like a fucking feast, and they're like, "Oh yeah, here, come, come join us." I mean, yeah, we were. I mean, the Thanksgiving thing, of course, was completely ridiculous and glossed over in school. But I think that we had the advantage because we were near so many tribes that were on still on their traditional right land. So it was a little more, like there was always a part of like the school where they were like, wink, wink on that. Like, this is what we're yeah. teaching you, but did also you, context. Did you go to school with, um, with children from the reservation? Not a ton. Um, they, I mean, uh, the big, the big reservation near us is the Southern Ute reservation. Um, and they actually are the, one of the wealthiest tribes in the country. Mm-hmm. So they have, um, they have their own, like, awesome you know, schools. schools. Well, they're not awesome. Let's not kid ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. the reservation is kind of a, it's a mess in a lot of ways. Um, but they had, uh, they had schooling, like, on their, on their schools. And there were a few, like, there were a few kids, but not, not a ton. Um, the college in my town actually has a really um, high population. Fort Lewis College has a really high mm-hmm. population of uh, Native American students, um, which is great. Uh, and they also have uh, a, the Southwest Studies Institute there, which is this really amazing mm-hmm. um, historical, like, you know, library kind of thing set up. Awesome. Like studying the history of the region and everything, which is really cool. So it, so once you came out east, mm-hmm. did you notice um, – well, how, how old were you when you – when you came out here? I came out for college. I went to college in Boston. So I had been 18 when okay. I first moved to did the you, East Coast. Did you notice a difference in, like, do you, did you notice a difference in, in attitudes towards, like, Native peoples or diversity or, like, what was your experience in that move? I noticed that, honestly, people don't really talk about um, them very much out here. The names are everywhere. Right. But people don't really talk about it. And you don't, frankly, you don't see 
very many Native people. Sure. Like, I'm used to growing up in an area where you see them mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not anything remarkable. It's just that's the population. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's interesting. The attitude out here is a little more, like, probably, like, maybe even just guilty. Like, no one wants to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the Puritans. Yeah. And even yes. in school, when they talk about why they the, the Native Americans died out, it's all. It was always because they weren't ready for the sickness we brought, so they were genetically not ready to be <laughs> right. It's, it's, so it's victim blaming. Like, yeah, they're yeah. Basically, you, sh- you should have had blaming. a stronger immune system. You know, yeah. sorry, we we had you know we're we're, we're dirty Spaniards God. and uh, it really makes and me the French coming over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, I do feel guilty now. It's just what can we do? We weren't we weren't around then. We just we were we incarnated is, as less evolved people in that time. Yeah. Or something. It's true. Well, what you can do is right now, if you pay attention, there's a, there's a major protest going on over a pipeline. I did in see the that. I did see I that, that. And I think it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's actually something you can do because mm-hmm. it's ongoing. Like this isn't, you know, like all this stuff seems like in the past, but there's still a lot of issues that we're still dealing oh, with. Oh yeah. They're trying to, they're trying to sneak in a, um, uh, a pipeline, uh, situation, a fr- fracking. I think, I think it's, I don't think it's fracking. I think it actually is just like (laughs) working on it. Ha ha ha. I think that, uh, I think it's actually a traditional like pipeline, but it's just going to go through an area. And they were sneaky about it because, because it would be illegal to, to make something the length that they were, basically they made dozens of small construction sites Mm -hmm. that they're going to secretly connect up after. Ah, so it's like, it's a, you have a milkshake. It's a loophole. And I have a milkshake. And I have a straw that is connected to another straw and another straw. Then I drink your milkshake from a series of small straws. In a word, yes. Okay. Only it's the American government drinking a milkshake full of oil. That's what they do. That's that's how that's their only. That's the flavor they like. Don't you understand? <laughs> yes. Um, well, this is already much more educational than I was planning. So great. Oh wow. Okay. Um, let's uh. Let's uh dive into this other, to one of these other documents because okay. um, I think there's a lot of uh, yeah, deliciousness. Yeah. Okay, so um, this next piece. Well, I, I, I understand you're doing pictures, so I do want to draw attention to the, this is a photocopy that my mother sent me, but it's got the binder on it. Oh, yes, it's like, just like the, if the you plastic, remember, yeah. Um, yeah. the white plastic binding loops. And there was that, that machine that would yes. like stamp out the holes and then you would self-bind. Yes. Which I'm pretty sure... Most everybody from a certain age range remembers. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so it is entitled uh, Welcome to Planet Darcy. And it's a biography. I would travel to Planet Darcy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So the first chapter is entitled They Gave Us an Ugly One. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I was born at 10 a.m. May 21st, 1984 at Community Hospital. My brothers were at Uncle Tom's house. When they came to the hospital, Cody, this is my older brother, held me and thought, they gave us an ugly one. Thanks, Cody. Yep, yep. That'll be all Classic Cody. Cody. Classic Cody. Cody also, um, I, had a, I had a precancerous birthmark on my arm that got removed when I was probably about like five or six. Oh, wow. And I was in the car and they gave me like the drugs to like knock me out. So I was like passing out in the car. And right as I was like fading into twilight, Cody leaned over and whispered, they're going to use a chainsaw. <gasps> Um, wow. Yeah. Are you He's, and Cody close now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I had, I had blue eyes and red hair. I was bald then, but I, but I had it when I got bigger. Foreshadowing again. Um, that's how my life started. What a great welcome. So Do you remember that being sarcasm or no? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I was a very sarcastic child. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so chapter two, entitled <laughs> Unnecessary Roughness. Which is totally a callback to the Goldie Hawn movie. Like, yeah. Your, yeah, your titles are, are yeah. quality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was a little kid, my brothers and I would play games like Smear the Queer, Football, oh, Monkey in the Middle, and Cops and Robbers with the Rotomas, our neighbors. Um, um, yeah, let's talk about Smear yeah, the Queer. Okay, so I didn't notice this until I was on the train here, like reading through that, and I saw that, and I was like, oh my God, that's awful. I don't know if anybody played Smear the Queer, but it's basically, it's like, keep away but whoever has the ball is the quote unquote queer and you're, it's like violent. You're allowed to just like take them out. 
God. Um, and then it's really, it doesn't make much sense because then you take them out and then you get the ball and you're the queer. So, right. So it's, so underneath it's all a fight to be the, the queer. queer. The yeah. Last, so actually maybe it's, standing. maybe it's yeah. empowering. I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But now I want to ask other people if they played this because I haven't heard of it, but it sounds like the kind of thing like, um, that gets passed around like uh, Miss Mary Mack or that kind right. of, you know. And I feel like at some, we learned it in school. Like, I feel like we played it in gym class. Oh, yeah. Because this was before they took away all the oh, ball, violent in, games. You know what I mean? Yes. In gym class? We would play it at home, but also I feel like we learned it in school. Like Red Rover? Yeah. Well, we would play like, in gym class, we would play like Red Rover and we would also play like Turtle Ball, which is another really violent one. What's Turtle Ball? Turtle Ball, um, you, you set up the gym. There's tires. You put a tire on either end of the gym. Everyone has to do the crab walk. You're not allowed to get out of the crab walk. And you have goalkeepers at each of the things. And then you have, um, like, oh. a medicine ball. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to, two teams, the goal is to get your medicine ball into the other thing. But the strategy in it is that you put the fattest kid in the, the tire. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, because they're harder to get out. I would be in that fucking tire. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, God. And you can get team members... Um, like taken out of the game if you push them over the um, the boundary lines. You know what I mean? The, the yeah. like lines on the court. So there was a lot of pushing and yeah, shoving. Yeah, so it's super and- violent. Wow. That's and this was a a school sanctioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played it all the way through middle school. I remember. How, did you go to a, a large school or was it smaller? No, like the, it was pretty small. I mean, my town only class. has my graduating class was about three fifty. Oh, that's big. I think. I mean, yeah, mine was two forty two. Oh, okay. That's big. Yeah, I mean, that's the only high school in town though. Okay. Yeah, that was mine too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it's a little big. Oh I don't know. Gosh. But yeah, we had like two middle schools and then like. So did you have like 45,000 like, people in your town? Yeah, give or take okay. a little. I think, uh, I feel like gym classes, I, I don't know. I, I think that gym classes kind of like underlay all the deepest problems. Yeah. In society. And I, I wonder, I wonder what they look like now because I'm sure everything has been completely. I feel like it's probably. Cur- like, you know, yeah, painted over by the PC police. PC police, but also, I mean, some of that stuff kind of helps. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm oh. not totally against yeah. it. And I will say, like, no oh, matter I'm what, I'm a fan of saving kids from getting uh, bullied for being fat, or like, I am all about the PC police. Yeah, in this case, but also, gym class can be an empowering place for you to subtly get revenge on those people. If you're, for instance, playing street hockey. And you jab them in the ribs with the back of the stick on your way uh, to the goal. You know that's that's. But a nice... you're able to do that. I was afraid of gym class. Of I was course, afraid yeah. of anything I, flying I, at my face. I ha- I'm 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 privileged because I was tall and I was tall enough and had had the, the reach to do that. So it's 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 a uh, yeah right. But I think realistically, any if you're playing a game at all, like kids are horrible and they're gonna figure out a way to mess with each other. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It's a bit. Of, it's a bit of both. Maybe it's, you shouldn't have a game that you know, is, has built into it. The advantage is right. to mess with the weakest. Right. But, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah. Which Red Rover is also, like, you have to, like, break through people. Red Rover, yes. Yeah, yeah. Arms, and right? dodgeball. Dodgeball oh, was I hated that. rough because you knew who you wanted to take out. You took out the small kids that couldn't catch the ball. Exactly. Sorry. I know. That's why I was in fear of my life. But sometimes you, you just people, take a dive. Uh, caught the ball. Yeah. Every time I played dodgeball, I would just pretend I got hit and immediately pull myself out. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. I got a bloody nose from Pillow Polo. Did I talk what about the that fuck before? is Pillow Polo? So, uh, I guess it's kind of like, I mean, it's it's a field like soccer, but the ball is small, maybe like a wiffle ball sized ball, and you hit it with what essentially look like giant Q-tips. So, it's like yay big, like two to three feet long, and on both ends, there's this hard white foam. So, they call it pillow polo because it's supposedly it's made of foam so it's soft but when you get smashed in the face with one of those this things hurt yeah so i got a bloody nose but i was happy about it because i got to leave gym class nice yeah yeah the greatest thing was when i started my period and i realized it could get me out of gym class that was no, amazing i never used that ticket and i could have oh i used it constantly they must have thought i was bleeding like all the all time. the time all the time nice. <laughs> So what did you do? Did you just like sit on the side and watch? Yeah. Or like, yeah, I would, or I would go to the library, you know what I mean? Or um, if the music room was open, I would go hide there. You're so lucky that was allowed. I feel like I wouldn't have been able to get away with that. 
I yeah, know. no, I mean, by the time I got to high school, I figured out a way never to take, like, an actual gym class. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I did, um, to graduate, I did, like, an independent study where I was skiing. What? And my dad signed off on it. Um, and also, my school offered <laughs> um, a class called Bowling and Walking, which <laughs> was, I mean, it's what it sounds like. When the weather was bad, we would bowl, and when it was nice, we would walk around the track. Um, so I took that That's twice. amazing. And then I also took Yoga Journaling was another where we would journal in the beginning and then do yoga. And that was uh, two English credits, three P. Damn. That's we amazing. Did, we had a mind and body class, which involved learning some yoga poses, but it was mostly sitting and watching videos about yoga poses. Nice. Yeah, but you weren't allowed to take that until senior year. Before that, you had to do a oh. real gym. Oh, and this is the great thing, too, is I figured out that the yoga part I could actually get out of for the period excuse, too. Really? Yeah, because there's some poses that you're not supposed to do when you're menstruating. Oh, I should know what that what those are. They're the upside down ones mainly. Yeah, that could be uh, could be rough. Or maybe maybe that's not a fact. I don't know. I'm talking about a lot of stuff right now, as though I have more authority than I actually. Yeah, do. that's kind of what happens on this podcast. I tend to to. to Me too. It's fine. I know a lot about stupid things. Like, yeah, we we're all we're all false experts, but yeah. at least we agree with each other, right? At least we're friends. At least we agree that we all know nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the main thing of adulthood is that you're, you're waiting to grow up so that you can become a, a grown up and like, and like be among the people who know what's going on. And then you mm-hmm. realize that nobody knows what's going on. And it's really just commiserating. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but very professional commiserating. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's. Uh, I um, really. Yeah. I want to hear more. Let's hear it. All right. Okay. Um, let's see. Where were we? Oh, okay. So, yeah, we played all those games with our neighbors. Um, We lived in a big log house near Grandview Store. When we first moved there, I had a room in the hallway. Later on, I had a room in the laundry room. I never really had a room. (laughs) You had a room in the hallway? Yeah, I mean, it was, it means my mom hung up a sheet. Wow. And I was like in half the hallway. Um, And then I was in the laundry room. Whatever. Is it because you were the youngest? I'm the, yeah, I'm the youngest. Yeah. But you're a girl. Yeah, that's why I wasn't in the room with the boy. I would. It was better. It was oh, okay. better not to share a room with my brothers. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, we had two dogs. One was named Poncho and one was named Allie. Poncho loved to play really rough with me. If you got him <laughs> round up, he would run around and trample you. <laughs> <laughs> Poncho was huge. He was this huge, beautiful black lab, and uh, he was deaf. As well. Oh, so um, he loved, but he didn't realize. Yeah, he was. He just didn't know. Um, but he was. He was the best. He used to let me ride him. Um, <laughs> I got to be a very tough baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the end of unnecessary roughness. Uh, I'm actually kind of impressed with my ability to have a theme for each of these chapters. No, I think it's yeah. great. I think it really uh, bespeaks your your writing, your yeah. excellence in writing. Yeah. All right. So the next chapter is entitled "Prison Camp." I started school at age five. I was always younger than the other kids in my class because my birthday was late in the year. I didn't go to a daycare center. When school started, I was in kindergarten. Kids used to tease me because I had a birthmark on my left arm. Which was then removed by chainsaw. So I begged my mom to let me get it removed. For some reason, I left out the detail about Cody and the the chainsaw. chainsaw. Interesting. I don't know what the thought process there was. Cut for pacing, you know. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My kindergarten teacher was Miss Ashbury. You know, I have to say, my punctuation and the shortness of these sentences feels very like um, Hemingway, Hemingway and Faulknery almost yes. like just very staccato. Just it's interesting. Facts. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, my kindergarten teacher was Mrs. Ashburn. She was my least favorite teacher. I remember her as the evil witch, and I was the prisoner trapped in her power. Oy. Once I told her that to her face and got in trouble. From then on, I didn't say anything more about it, but still fought it. Do you remember? Um, do you remember that episode of yeah. telling it to well, her face? Well, I remember it, and also, I mean, my mom remembers it because <laughs> she heard about it. Um, yeah, first grade. Let's see what's going on in first grade. Yeah, nothing. I literally say in the first grade paragraph, nothing real exciting happened that year, so I won't waste time writing about it. So we'll <laughs> go ahead and skip first grade. Oh, I love your efficiency. <laughs> love it. Uh, second grade. When I got into second grade, I thought I was a big kid and could push everyone around. Man, was I wrong. <laughs> All the big kids are mean to me. I couldn't get it. Um, I don't know what I was kidding. <laughs> my teacher was Mrs. Collins. She was okay for a teacher. I was super critical. <laughs> um, 
I what, okay. Uh, that was the year I met my friend Ashley Galati. She was new to Florida Mesa. My friend, my other friend at the time was Ryan Riddle. And we're done. That was second grade. Um, well, you got to the important point. Points. Uh, point, point, point. In the point. Uh, so third grade. My third grade teacher was Mrs. Wilkinson. She was my favorite teacher. Oh, I liked this one. That's nice. Uh, she was my favorite teacher of all time. She always called me sunshine. Later in my school life, I came back to my headphones are falling off. Sorry. Later in my school life, I came back to her room and read a report to her class. Oh, so nice. you were a real favorite there. Yeah, apparently. I hit that one. You were a... I'm sorry. <laughs> What's up? <that? laughs> I completely forgot. I was about to... You were like a display of how the system can work for like for her sit for her class. Yeah, her one class. Yeah. This was your yeah. Mr. Holland's opus moment. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, fourth grade. In fourth grade, I had Mr. B in parentheses Bernard for my teacher. <laughs> I didn't like him very much because he always yelled at kids. But I got back at him in the talent show. I was a skating comedian accordion player. Yes. (laughs) I told a joke about him in the act, and he turned bright red. So were you looking at him, like making eye contact with him while you were doing this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And how? what was the audience reaction? Oh, everyone loved it. It went over big. People still, like, people still to this day ask my mother, like, what I'm doing. And when she says I'm in New York doing comedy stuff, they're like, oh, man, I remember that talent show. (laughs) Like, to this day, like, teachers and, like, you mentioned this in the, on the live show. What was the joke about Mr. B? Oh, the joke was, um, I mean, it's clearly me just rewriting a joke, but uh, what's the difference between God and Mr. Bernard? What? God knows he's not a fourth grade teacher. Oh. Oh, snap. Oh, that's a burn. Yeah. You burn, Sick Mr. Burn. B. Sick burn, Mr. B. <laughs> Mr. B for burn. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, fifth grade. I was in a new school, Park Elementary. I had Mr. Emmerich as my teacher. He's a cool teacher, but makes some bad jokes. Like, I should talk. This year, I had a lot of fun times and sad times. First of all, I made a friend, Rashinda. Our music teacher died. Is that all you have about that? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just Did you like sentence. your music teacher? My music teacher died. I mean, I have no idea. I, I... But it seemed like an important landmark event yes. for a biography. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next year, I'm going to be the little kid again and fight to have respect from the older kids. Seems uh, to be a theme. Yeah. yeah. I was wanting to be a bigger kid. Wanting to be respected. Yeah. yeah. I think that's youngest child syndrome, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, for sure. So uh, the, final, the final chapter um, is entitled The Unrealistic Future. Oh, boy. In the future, I will be in middle school, then high school, then college on an acting scholarship. Aha. <laughs> Pretty basic, huh? I plan to adopt kids and be an actor. I don't plan to get married, but when times change, that plan might too. In time, I hope to see my name in lights as an actor. The end. Okay, so you stayed on your path. It's kind of. I mean, I didn't have a scholarship. And you haven't adopted any children yet, as no, far as I know. No, no, and I'm not married. So for the most part, you know. But I was pretty, I gave myself some wiggle room. You did. You're like, we'll see if the times change. Yeah. Which is nice and flexible. It's very zen. I mean, I do also like that in third grade, I was like, I'm not having babies. Right. Which, how do you know? How do you know? What was that? Did you see your mom being miserable having babies? No, I mean, I'm the youngest. I didn't see it. But, um, I mean, our house was very open about the facts of life. Like, I had a really solid understanding of that process. Really? By that time. Yes. Because my mom, when, that, she, when she decided she was going to give my brothers the talk, she was also like, we're just going to get all of this out of the way, and all of you are getting it. Oh, man. oh, I thought you meant that you, like, witnessed your mom having sex. Uh, which, no, living in thank, a hallway. No, thank God. Oh, God, no. God, no. Sorry. Where I mean, they were, brain? like, I knew because they would close. Sorry, Mom. I knew because they would have the door closed. And also, like, in high school, like her standard goodbye to my brothers when they were going on their way out the door was like, bye guys, condoms in the medicine cabinet. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, around that time was, uh, she did a demonstration with my brothers. She made them put uh, condoms on bananas at the kitchen table. Oh, she did sex ed at home. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was there sex ed in school? Yeah, you she didn't trust it. Yeah. They made us watch that stupid Annie video. Did you guys ever watch oh, yeah. that? Oh yeah. The, the chain, and you wouldn't have because they separated the boys and the girls. But yeah, it was like the cast of Annie talking about their changing bodies. Oh, oh wait, no. That. that was a different Oh, a different sex ad video. 
I yeah. got yeah, we I got like the fear of God and AIDS put in me with sex ed videos. Like yeah. everybody, every every white person in these videos got AIDS very quickly, very easily, and it was like Middletown America. Oh, Brad has AIDS. Don't sleep with him. We're fine. We're safe. Oh no, I have AIDS. The end. It was like, huh? Yeah, ours but, was like. Quick question for you, Phil. Yeah. As as your dad is a sex ed teacher. Yes. Um, <clears throat> did you learn earlier? Like, did your dad? Did you get like a specialty talk from your dad? Well, before you got before you had those school videos. Yes, because well, AIDS was. Uh, present in my family because of my uncle. Right. he had AIDS. So I knew about it and I knew what it did. Um, but then also when we got our computer from his friend Ron, who installed all these different uh, programs like Encarta. And, uh, <gasps> I loved Encarta. Yeah. Too, and Body Works. Um, he showed me uh, um, what uh, uh, everything was in Body Works. Thanks, Body Works. That's how I know. Also, kids told me. My mom gave me a copy of Our Bodies, Ourselves. That's, like, I think, wow. around, like, fifth grade. That's very advanced. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. When I was five, The Home Show, which was this, like, show on ABC at, like, 11 o'clock, like, right at my lunch break in kindergarten, was on, oh, I was five, I was seven, I was seven. And it was, like, there was, they were reading fan mail from children. I don't know why. Um, and oh, was, you told me about this. Yes. Yeah, it's like, where do babies come from? And the host was like, it's when the penis and vagina come together and they make a baby. They said this on like live network TV on at like ABC, 11, no ABC less. at like 1145 in the morning, in the morning. And my mom turned to me and was like, don't repeat that. You don't know. You didn't hear anything, <laughs> but I always knew. I yeah, knew. Of course. Exactly. Also, happened. it's a fact. You can't avoid it. I you mean, can't once you can't unring that bell. You once can't. It's run. Yes. You can't unsee. Yeah. Once you've yeah. seen or unhear. We, I was at a sleepover party once, and we watched My Stepmother is an Alien. Did you guys oh, ever see yeah. this movie? Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's like, a scene where she's, she, like, is trying to understand what sex is, so she, like, goes into the other room and, like, opens her bag, and she has, like, a, there's, like, a hologram or a screen or something she's watching to learn what sex is so that she can go and, like, be a human and do it, you know? Um, she, she basically doesn't want to blow the cover that she's not a human and has no idea what's going on. So right. she is watching this video about sex. And I remember like watching her watching it and not quite knowing what was going on. But I was like something what? Cause I was like 10 or something. Do you, have you seen this movie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, only bits and pieces. I think once, once the alien, uh, um, force flies his daughter over the car that's about to hit her. I was like, ah, I gotta go. This is, this is silly. The part when she's like about to get hit by the car and like no, she, I don't remember anything else about that movie except I, the part where I was like, I remember. what is what's happening now? Did, I, did you ever see this movie? I saw it. I don't remember it though. Um, I do remember the movie that I had that same moment where I was like, what is going on? My uncle Tom, mm-hmm. um, who lived in town, he took us to the drive-in and mm-hmm. we had you know an old school drive-in awesome. in town, and they would play the early movie was like a kids movie, and then the late movie would be like an R-rated or you know a more mature movie, and he just decided that we were going to stay for the later movie. Um, and it was uh, White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I, had to, I was probably about like five or six. That uh, was not appropriate. Yeah, not, not appropriate in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, but frankly, that was, that was what was so great about Uncle Tom. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I remember like there's, there's a lot of just really explicit stuff in there. And it's not just like, you know, cursing and like references to sex. Like I got that. I knew what sex was, but it was the idea that sex was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like that's what like in the movie I was like, oh, people don't just do this. They like doing right, this. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I remember having that feeling too. Like this is something that's supposed to, that's like creepy and sort of violent, but also pleasurable. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean- it didn't, you know, I mean, I still didn't lose my virginity until I was like 23, so. Yeah, I mean, we've. Uh, Not for lack of trying, but. I know, oh, no, yeah. never you're, for lack of trying. You're, yeah. you're among friends. Among friends. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It got to the point where in college, my mom literally, I would come home and she was like, you know what, Darcy, you can have fun. Like, you can <laughs> sleep oh. with people. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying, mom. I'm oh, doing the best I can. Uh, yeah, my parents were pretty convinced I was gay because I wasn't gay. Yeah, I wasn't dating. Yeah. And then I was 
like, I'm not. I was like, I have tantrums. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. He's like, I'm not fucking gay. You know, I I have a I have a stand up that I do about that, about how my mom wanted me to be gay. Because she would like do that thing where she was like, you know, Darcy, you can like to be open with us, like anything, just tell me anything. I'm like, I'm not gay, mom. She's like, but if you were, and there would just be this like twinkle in her eye, and I could just tell how excited she was. <laughs> she wanted you to be gay. About the idea of having a gay daughter. Yeah. <laughs> like just she was just psyched. Especially as like a, a- a true feminist. Oh, like a yeah, true feminist, feminist, a liberal, like, oh, like, my God. Sorry, yeah. Mom, I let you down. I do like dick. I'm, I'm sorry, so sorry. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> dick Templeton. Oh. Richard. Yeah, we got we to gotta get him on here. You should. We he has a, he, I, I've been to his home. He has some stuff. Yeah, he lives, his home is pretty close by, yeah. too. Where is, so. he, where is he from? Like uh, Bronx, Westchester. Bronxville. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we will. Anyway, awesome. um, before you go, uh, I, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about this incredible sounding solo oh, comp show cool, cool. that you are working on. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, November 20th. Um, it's part of the Solocom Festival, um, and it's going to be at the Pit Loft at 11 a.m., and the show is going to go uh, to 1, a, 1, 1 p.m. Um, because it's a two-hour uh, solo show. Incredible. Which is nuts. Um, but what um, the idea behind it is I wanted to uh, kind of recreate how I've spent the last year of my life, uh, which has been kind of grappling with a lot of like depression and anxiety and stuff like that. And one of the ways that I've been coping with it is I will start, I bake, I'm baking, I bake bread um, and I'll usually start it at like really late at night mm-hmm. And the bread making process is long. And so then it's like this thing where I'm sitting in my apartment and I can't go anywhere. And I'm just like watching bread rise for three hours. Literally. Yeah, literally just sitting around watching it rise and then watching it rise again and then watching it cook. Um, So I want to try and uh, (laughs) recreate that with an audience. Um, So we're going to have we're going to have toaster ovens in the space. um, And everyone is going to get to make their own loaf of bread. And uh, so... Awesome. We're gonna, I will definitely yeah. be there. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. And I'll, I'll like bring coffee or something. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's all, I'm still planning it because I pitched this idea and frankly, I did not think they were going to let me do it. Um, oh, no. And even at this point, I kind of feel like Peter, Peter Michael Mariano, who like runs the festival, wants me to change the name of the show to like Peter told me not to do this. What is it? What is it called now? Uh, well, it's called like bread and like on anxiety, yeast and depression or something. Oh, I mean, good, good, like, good. You know, I'm bad at I'm bad. No, at you're titles. great at titles. You're great at titles. You're great at titles, and we know you are. You always have been, as evidenced by what you just read. Well, that's true. So. Yes. I should just call it unnecessary roughness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have this very special relationship with bread, and mm-hmm. I will support your bread endeavors. Yeah, yeah. I'm into. Bread is, bread is exciting. I yeah. Fascinating. And yeast is. Have you watched the, this is for everybody, uh, listeners, if you haven't watched the four-part series on Netflix called Cooked. Mm-hmm. The Michael Pollan series. One of them is all he he splits. It's basically the history of of cooking and how it's been important to humanity, um, and how we've gotten out of touch with that because everything is already made for us and prepackaged, etc. But it's just the beauty of of cooking and making things with your hands. And uh, the episodes are like there's like water, air, earth, right? Yeah, yeah they're and fire. Elements. They're like elements. the four elements. Sounds amazing. Why have I not heard? About oh, this? I watched it all with Abby. I'll watch it again. Yeah. But. Um, the whole air episode is about bread, baking bread, and and the rising process and how bread is mostly air. It is awesome. That's awesome. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's really well That's done. So. If I may make a suggestion about the title. Okay. What if it's bread is the yeast of my problems? The yeast of, or, or just the yeast of my problems or troubles. <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll mull that one over for you. Oh, How about that? God, that is just... <laughs> Fantastic. You know what? You know what, Phil? You Sorry. know what, Phil, for my show? I don't need your suggestions. No matter how stuck I am, something's always going to rise to the top. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I mean, let, let's, this let's monster. get to the crust of the problem is that, you know, I, it's just a suggestion. Well, there's always more than one way to slice it. <laughs> One of you is going to have to cede the victory to the other. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I have a little treat for you, and I'm pissed because I, ha- I was going to bring something else for you, but then I didn't. I, got, I brought this instead, which is fine. 
but the other one was turtle related. Oh, I like turtles. Um, but this is an original started but unfinished as they always are. Thanks, ADD. Friendship bracelet yes. from summer camp, uh, possibly oh. schooner camp in like sixth or seventh grade. Um, it's uh, it's a chevron pattern. I see that. And I was meticulous. And that's why they took so long and I never finished any of them. But amazing. You could wear it half finished and it's a work in progress forever. Thank you. I feel like it's a metaphor. It is. It is. It really is. <laughs> and, you know, that bracelet won't be done until the moment that, that you die. And then once it, that's, maybe that's why I never finish bracelets. Yeah. Because as soon as you finish it, the, what else is there to do? You know, it'll be done when you're toast. That's very Greek. Uh, no, because there's the, the gods who, the goddess who cuts the strings, the weaver, and that's the end of the life. I don't know about this. Yeah, I forget the name of them, but there's the three sisters. They're the fates. Yeah. And one yeah. of them is the, you know, they, they have different roles they play in the, like, weaving process. And one of them cuts the string, which is when they die. <sighs> well, I guess I believe in that. Yeah. True story. True story. Awesome. Well, Darcy, thank, thank you, Darcy. you so much for thank coming for and joining me. us again. You have so many good things, so many goodies. Yes. And um, so uh, people out there listening. You should go to Solocom. It's the weekend of November 20th. Yes. Um, yes. And also, you should go to uh, Welcome to Hell on oh, uh, yeah, the weekend of right. Halloween. She's going to be, a, uh, she's one of the founding first members of uh, my band in the show. We're the house band for the show. It's a talk show set in hell. And, and it will be occurring where? It will be occurring at the People's Improv Theater at 930 York. in New York as part of a triple feature with Gas Station Horror and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, it's going to be an, night. an awesome Halloween it's lineup. Stacked. It's a it's a fun show. It's my favorite novelty Halloween band I'm in. Thank so. you. You know yeah. what? I I don't I don't want to ask about the others, but I'm just That's glad not. that you're you're with mine. You know, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, the fact that you're a, a badass bassist just like adds to the whole picture. Seriously, so awesome. So yeah, guys, uh, you know what to do. Um, subscribe. Tell your friends. Uh, TheBitchSeatPodcast.com. Like us follow, on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Swipe all of us that. on Grindr. Whatever. <laughs> yes. Treasure which got you here? Treasure what got you here. Treasure Hello, I'm Ben. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies, maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie, and always play some games. We like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah. I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you look young in the movie, and... Uh, I don't doubt with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's not illegal if you're a police officer. And, and, I believe that, And this yeah. is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh, my God. Who's Un- hooking up with who? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, like, there's, like, these, like, Asian girls in the movie. Right. They play, I, the twins, right? I triple kissed them. Okay, oh, a little triple kiss. Triple that way you didn't get confused if it was Rachel or Rebecca. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, oh, whatever, and I triple kissed them. Was, was that offset or on camera, or, and they got cut out maybe? or? Oh, the, I didn't do it on camera for sure. Okay. I would never, because, you know what I mean, That's I could get in a lot of trouble for that. They, I, don't, I don't know how old they are. I could never tell with them. But uh, who else? Let me see. Cecily, the girl. Yeah, I chalked, I, I chalked her. You chalked her? What, <laughs> I chalked what is, her. What is chalking? That's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!